Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our continuation of our NBA draft analysis series, and today we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. So the Lakers only have one pick in this year's draft, and it's the 28th overall pick. So, Jalen, what do you think the Lakers will do with the 28th overall pick? Golly, they need to find somebody to replace Danny Green or KCP ASAP. Look, I understand that on the last episode, we gave them a lot of praise um, in the Game 5 preview. But, dude, dude, those guys have shown all season that they – They're just not reliable factors around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I genuinely feel as though, like, it's one of those things where, like, without it, without true guard guard status in this league, especially in the Western Conference, it is just, like, extremely rough to be a powerhouse contender unless you're in a situation like the Lakers do where they have two all-world top five talents in the NBA on their roster at the same time. But if they want to say they win the championship tonight or just close out the series in general, whether whether that be in game five, six, or seven, say they are the champions at the end of this year, in order to be able to repeat, to actually be in contention with teams returning with extreme firepower like the Golden State Warriors, the Brooklyn Nets, the Phoenix Suns, dare I say, who showed us in the bubble that they are somebody to be messed with or not to be messed with really going into next season, the Pelicans who may end up having a new coach with a young core that is on the rise, a Memphis team that was already flirting with the playoffs, a trailblazers team that was coming in off of being injured and had to turn the gates up and still somehow made the playoffs. Like there's a ton of teams in the Western conference and in the NBA in general that are going to be coming back crazy ready next season after all the rest that's been provided and a lot of the players getting healthy after, you know, season-ending injuries and things of that nature. So I think the Lakers have to address their guard position because all the good teams have great guards. So with that being the case, right, case point is simple. They need to get either Trey Jones out of Duke, an established point guard guy who, yes, is on, I mean, yes, he's a sophomore, not necessarily a, uh, well, how do you say, veteran, so to speak, but he has experience playing around other superstar talent. Obviously, he was on a roster with Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish at one time, all top recruits at their position. He was as well, obviously, but he was the primary facilitator for that Duke offense. I think putting him in a position where he can be around a basketball savant mind like LeBron James on top of having a pick-and-roll partner like Anthony Davis, for example, would be extremely beneficial for Trey Jones. If not Trey Jones, I honestly think, and I don't know how this happens, Ryan, I'm just going to put it out there in the street right now. If a guy like your boy Theo Maladon falls to 28, they got to get this guy quick, fast, and in a hurry because these Los Angeles Lakers desperately need offensive firepower from the guard position. I mean, do you understand that we forgot a guy like Quinn Cook was on this team? A guy like Alex Caruso was getting 28-plus minutes per game. 
I mean, it's just one of those things where they need offensive firepower, and Theo Maldon is a guy who I think may be able to give them that. Now, I think the biggest thing for him is we need to figure out where he stands for as a three-point shooter because that's something that I don't feel like we've gotten a lot of record of so far. And he's 19 years old, which for a championship caliber team is a little bit rough to shoot on somebody that could be a bit of a project when you have championship aspirations. And in their case, potentially championship uh, aspirations to repeat. But he's 6'4", 174, might need to fill out a little bit to be, uh, be able to hang with some of the more physical guards. But he's crafty. He definitely knows how to get to the basket. He's a hooper. And I think legitimately he's a guy that could grow into the kind of starting guard that the Lakers desperately need because, man, that position is thin, dude. I mean – I, I know LeBron James and Anthony Davis have to feel like their supporting cast is like the equivalent to how Tom Brady felt against the Bears the other night in terms of the guys he was throwing to. I mean, if you didn't look them up on Google, you wouldn't know their names half the time. Danny Green has a little bit of a check mark, but that's just because of his time with San Antonio and his brief time with the Raptors. Other than that, Kyle Kuzma's been a guy floating in trade rumors all pretty much since his second season in the league. Markeith Morris has bounced from team to team. Alex Caruso is a guy that we just see as the springy white guy, unfortunately, even though we know he can play. I mean, and then, of course, KCP and Danny Green are both guys who, yes, have a little bit of a, uh, uh, have a little bit of prowess in the league because of their defensive acumen. But these are Jags now, bro. These are just uh, just another guy caliber players. And I think a guy like Theo Maladon could take that spot. But if not him, I think a guy like Trey Jones who could be in the range for a 28th pick, I think he might be the vibes, my guy. Well, I like Trey Jones and I like Theo Maladon. I'm not completely sold on Trey Jones's offensive aspect, but honestly, he's a great defender. Um, I also like Theo Maladon. I think that he has a solid shooting stroke. And I think given the fact that there is some mystery behind what he did internationally and overseas, I think there's a chance that he could be a surprise coming into the NBA. Maybe he could fit on a team like the Los Angeles Slickers. But I predicted that he would go to the Dallas Mavericks. But I guess we'll see what happens with where Maladon goes. But I actually think the Lakers could get Cassius Stanley out of Duke. Averages 12 points under five rebounds a game. Comes from another great college basketball program at Duke and played with Trey Jones. And very similar to Trey Jones, I think he's going to fit in on a team filled with solid vets. When he was at Duke, he was playing with guys like you mentioned, like Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett, Cam Ruddish. And he played at Duke recently with Trey Jones, who was a member of that Duke team with Zion, RJ, and Cam Reddish. But I think with Stanley, he has the opportunity to learn from guys like Rajon Rondo and LeBron James, who know the point guard position and who know and, and can kind of give him advice on how to grow because I think he definitely has a lot of potential, but he needs to grow. He's not a guy who can create his own offense. But I mentioned in the last episode, the Lakers have been great on the fast break, and Stanley is a guy who thrives on the fast break. So I think in that aspect, he should fit right in. I think he has the ability to get going early and put on some great shooting performances. 
but defensively he has to improve on his consistency off the ball. And like I said, he has room to grow. Overall, he has a lot of potential. By going to the Lakers, he's going to get some development. I think he also needs a little bit of guidance, and I think the Lakers could do that for him. I mean, I, okay, so here's my only concern with Cassius because I, I personally love Cassius coming out of uh, Sierra Canyon before he went to college. Um, his bounce is ridiculous. I mean, it is crazy. You you couldn't have painted a better picture by saying he thrives in the open court. Yeah, it, it looks like a, a NBA dunk contest once he gets in the in within free throw range <laughs> if he's in the open court. So it's it's a movie. When it comes to watching Cassius Stanley, I think my biggest concern with him has a lot to do with the back half of your explanation, which is a lot of he can learn under, he can be tutored under, he can be grown into. Um, I don't believe Cassius Stanley is fit to play point guard. I feel like he's an off guard. He's more of a shooting guard as it is. That's more what he played in high school as it was. A next, next to guys like Amari Bailey and, I mean, a handful of other guys, Washington, who uh, – Last name is Washington, goes to Ohio State right now, actually was his point guard beforehand. Um, he's more of a two guard. And I think trying to fit him into a point guard realm is a little rough. I think the other thing is when you talk about having to like kind of build him up and help him learn, how much of a chance is he going to have to learn on a team that is in championship or bust mentality. Now, again, I preface that by saying the same thing can be addressed to Theo Maladon, who I said would be a great fit personally at the point guard position because there's still a lot of questions with him and he's 19. Cassius Stanley is actually an older freshman. I think he's almost about, I think he either is 21 or is about to be 21 by the time that he's drafted. So he's an older freshman, but that was because of some reclassifications in high school and things of that nature. So my biggest thing overall really for Cassius is just like if his bounce is the thing that pops off the screen, his ability to thrive in the open court is something that thrives that he thrives off of and that's what draws you to him. It feels like you're getting a better upside version of Alex Caruso to me. He, of course he has more bounce and I think he has a lot more uh, defensive potential. But other than that, there's a lot of things that I feel like Cassius still needs to learn, and I don't think he's going to be given the opportunity to learn in the NBA on a team with championship aspirations. Why do I say that? Besides the fact that, obviously, this team is potentially about to win the NBA championship this season. Taylor Horton Tucker was their sole rookie acquired last season in the draft, and we barely saw him practically all year that's even in the regular season that pays to the fact that this Lakers team is a team that is on a was on is on a mission to win the championship and next year go in as a favorite to not only contend but to potentially repeat if they do win the championship I don't know how a rookie that has the kind of holes that you feel like might need to be addressed is going to be able to develop under that system that's my the, un, under that system and under those circumstances that's like my biggest thing so i see where you're coming from but the fact is the lakers only have one pick and even though they do have championship aspirations they need guard help as soon as they can i think that the biggest issue is the fact that their guards have been underperforming this entire season and 
I was practically begging this team to trade for Bradley Beal last season. They didn't do it last season. I practically begged them to do it this season. They didn't do it this season. And now there's a chance that either Bradley Beal is going to stay in Washington or get traded to most likely the Brooklyn Nets. But honestly, they need guard help. If they need to develop somebody out of the draft, then they have to develop somebody out of the draft. I think the best chance that they have is Cassius Stanley because I think they're probably going to end up moving on from KCP in the offseason. I think that's the biggest issue, though, is that they need guard help. They could address it in free agency, but would you rather just do it now when you have the, the chance to look at as many prospects as you can to see what prospect fits in your offense? Cassius Stanley does need development. He's not a polished player. But if you're talking about a team who thrives on the transition, Cassius Stanley is a guy who fits that sort of offense, fits that sort of system where you thrive on the transition. Trey Jones could be a solid player. I'm not fully sold on him. His defense definitely is his best is the best part of his game. And there's a lot of great defenders in this draft. Theo Maladon, I feel like, like I said earlier, fits better on the Dallas Mavericks. But I don't know what, what the Lakers can do. They only have one pick. Okay, so like, okay, so let's play off of that specifically because we've listed out all the guards and we've talked about their struggles there and that they need – essentially your main case is that they need to be able to draft a player that can be plugged into their system and play immediately. Yes, they will have to learn, but their they're given skills at the moment will be able to produce. We've been talking about the guards all day, but they're going to pretty much, unless they sign uh, JaVale McGee and, and Dwight Howard for small contracts again, these are guys who are potentially going to go in free agency, and their power forward slash center depth is going to be significantly weakened. Granted, they didn't really rely on it very much in this postseason with AD playing 35 to 40-plus minutes per game. But in terms of having depth at the power forward slash center position, is there anybody that late in the draft, considering the circumstances, a lot of centers and power forwards are going to fall towards the second round. So it, who's a player at that, at that position that you think would potentially fit their offense that, yes, they may need to reach for, but considering, like you said beforehand, they only have one pick in this draft, they kind of have to go with somebody. And I don't think that addressing the center slash power forward position is a bad one because there's a handful of them in this draft that you can definitely get talent wise late in the first round, like their position to do. So I think there's a couple of guys that could go with, I think Xavier Tillman out of Michigan state, if you want to reach for him would be a solid choice. I think Jalen Smith out of Maryland would also be a solid choice. I just think that if you want a good rim protector, you would have to look to those two guys. Xavier Tillman is one of the best power forwards in the draft. And I think he's a very underrated player in general. Jalen Smith is a guy who's been improving his shooting stroke at Maryland. Definitely a solid improvement from his freshman year to his sophomore year. The thing is, who do you want? Who would you want to go for in that case? If you are able to sign AD and JaVale McGee, I don't think they would need to go for a power forward or a center. That key, the key phrase is if they re-sign them. I think they really need guards just because they've struggled all season. At least at the power forward center position, 
you had some solid performances from Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and JaVale McGee. During the season, no Avery Bradley, considering that Avery Bradley was in the bu- was not in the bubble, you didn't have somebody who could be a solid third option. That's been the key argument for me and why I feel like the Lakers haven't been that good of a team this year, despite what their record shows, is because they don't have a viable third option. Like I said, Bradley kind of was their third option, but they've been turning to a lot of guys in the bubble to step up and fill the role of a third option. I think if you draft somebody late in the first round, whether it's a Cassius Stanley, a Trey Jones, or a Theo Maladon, you're looking at a potential third option. Obviously, all these players need to develop in some way, but at least with the draft and drafting a guard, you have a chance to develop them and they can learn under some solid NBA vets. I mean, I don't disagree with you that they need a guard more, but obviously we have to factor in all things when talking about the draft. So of course the fact that they, I didn't even mention AD just because I feel as though they're going to be able to resign him. I think my biggest questions have to do with their depth in terms of guys like Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee specifically. Um, if I had to go with a power forward or a center of some kind, personally, uh, a new name I'm going to name is Zeke Naji out of Arizona. That's a guy that hasn't came up a lot um, on the podcast so far. He's going to come up a lot more often as we get further along these picks. Um, center out of Arizona, uh, about to be 20 years old, 6'11", 7'1", wingspan, 240 pounds. I mean, the dude averaged 16 points and 8.6 rebounds per game. Struggles from three, but averaged, but shot about 57% from the, from the floor. I mean, I think the only unfortunate thing with a guy like Zeke, Zeke Naji is he kind of screams all offense and it's all below the rim stuff. So it's one of those things where he kind of duplicates everything that Dwight Howard or JaVel McGee gives you, which is pretty good to get for a very cheap contract like they would be getting out of Zeke Naji in comparison to what they may have to pay a guy like Dwight Howard or JaVel McGee. But there are wonders if that's too redundant in a way that it might not actually produce the kind of pack, uh, punch off the bench that you would like. The second guy, he's no new guy to me, but I'm going to keep saying his name till somebody hears it. This dude, Reggie Perry out of Mississippi State, is going to probably get mentioned at least once every other podcast because every single time I take a look at him, it, it just changes. Like it, My view on him changes in a way that I almost like him more as a prospect to the point that like I wonder how he's mocked anywhere between the second round and potentially going undrafted. I mean, his per 36 minutes is 20 points per game, dang near three assists per game, 11.7 rebounds per game. He shoots 50% from the floor. He shoots 32% from three, which is not league average, but for a big man who still needs to develop a three-point stroke, I think he could potentially be a three-point shooter, at least stretch the floor a little bit because the free throw shooting is there. He shoots dang near 77% from the, th- um, from the free throw line. That's indication that the stroke isn't broken. He just needs to get the range. So those are the two guys, Reggie Perry and Zeke Naji, that I would look at at center pretty much to be able to wipe it all down and make it clear to everybody. I'm not saying that they should go with a center. I agree with you, Ryan, that they that the point guard slash shooting guard position, if they can get a combo guard basically like a Cassius Stanley, is their best situation for them. I think that all three guys in Cassius Stanley, Theo Maladon, and Trey Jones all bring different things. 
Cassius Stanley brings significant upside and a lot of potential as a boom player if he can be able to nail down more of an NBA-style game beyond just being able to jump out the gym. Trey Jones is a guy whose defense defense at least on ones and twos should be able to translate to the NBA directly and his ability to facilitate with the kind of guys caliber of a LeBron James and AD is something that he's already been in an environment of and Theo Maladon I think he fits the mold of what you're saying in terms of needing a third scoring option better than those two guys overall the question for you like you said beforehand would just be whether or not he even falls that low considering the fact that a team like Dallas might actually fit his his need and his play style a bit more so I think the biggest thing is yes I feel as though guard needs to be addressed more and when you only got one shot at that on one shot or one bite at the apple you probably should go with what you need the most but when factoring in how much depth they could potentially be losing down low in that front court, I do think it's worth taking some consideration if you have to reach on a guy at power forward or center. But I'm more with you. If they can get a guy like Trey Jones, Cassius Stanley, or Theo, I think that's definitely a good thought process. Another dog name to keep in mind is a Jamias Ramsey. He is a guy who spent some time on the shelf due to injury, but he went when, when healthy. That dude is a dog. And we're talking about somebody that's very – Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart-esque with a lot more athleticism and a better a better chance at being able to create his own shot, which he showed significantly at his time at Texas Tech. So I really think that he, he could be the wild card in the guard department that we're not talking about a ton, that if they can get a guy like Jamias, might even be a better fit than any of the guys that we've named just out of the fact that he can create his own shot, which makes him the third option in an offense like the Lakers that needs one from the guard spot. Well, before we go to our question of the day for our fans, let me throw out two more names. Josh Green out of Arizona and Daniel Otoru out of Minnesota. So Otoru is a guy who can score block shots and get the rebounds, but he also can shoot threes. He shot 36% from the field or from beyond the arc last season. And Josh Green He's definitely a raw talent, but I think L.A. is a good place for him to learn and grow. Another good defender in this year's draft. And it kind of seems like this, this year's draft is filled with great defenders. But I think he needs to improve on the offensive side in terms of shot creation and his playmaking ability. And I think L.A. could turn him into a solid two-way player, which honestly, it's not a bad idea for L.A. to get another solid two-way player. Not at all. I think those are two sneaky names to throw in alongside Jamias Ramsey, too. I really think that both of those guys can potentially be plugged in. Um, I think Daniel Oturu's ability to stretch the floor would make him a better pick than Josh Green just because of the fact that if that three-point shooting translates, he can instantly be a contributor as to Josh Green, who his athletic prowess and ability to play defense is really the only thing that's going to get him minutes, I would see in this t- on, on this team. But I think everybody we named has to be in the Lakers pot because at the end of the day, if they're potentially going to be defending champions against an NBA that is only continuing to raise its game across the landscape of both the Western and Eastern Conference, they're going to have to get talent from wherever they can get it. And with limited money because of having to allocate a lot of resources to Anthony Davis and only one pick in this year's NBA draft, they're going to have to swing on guys who can 
not only commit um, to having championship aspirations early in their careers, but also be able to produce early as well, because there's going to be a lot thrusted on their shoulders in their rookie seasons as a part of a defending champion Lakers team that is going to have a serious target on their back by a handful of teams that want the smoke pretty much. So transitioning now to our question of the day for our fans, who do you see the Lakers selecting with the 28th overall pick? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars. And of course, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.